everybody and welcome to the EC Method. I am one of your coaches, Chloe Maidley. And I am your other coach, Emma Story Gordon. Our goal at the EC Method is to encourage, educate and empower you to get the results that you've always wanted. Listen to our weekly podcasts, go to our website, theecmethod.co.uk or simply follow us on Instagram to get more information. be live now hey hi look how cute you look emma's wearing an ec vest oh yeah double double ec i'm like spring break Woo! Um, um we were just we discussing gonna... uh if your nipples get harder when you lose weight yeah okay so i said to emma I said to Emma, when I train in the gym, so we've got, we're going to get, we're going to put two training bras up on the group. And if any of you want them, you can order them. Um, obviously you don't have to, but they're fun and cute. Um, and one of them's padded and one of them's not padded. And we like both of them for different reasons. And I said, I feel like I would probably go for the padded one because my nipples are always really erect when I train. And it's really embarrassing because everyone <laughs> in the gym, like, if you're not wearing black, everyone can see it yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Woo! especially if you're in neon then it's really like do you know wow. what the worst thing is is when you're wearing like a sports bra like this right where you could like there isn't much padding here but yeah. then for some reason just the way your boobs saying like one of your nipples is going that way, <laughs> it's, going that way. it's so awful and you then I'm just like, mirror, you're like, like oh yeah, i went no do you know what? when you're like doing cardio oh, james is bringing me coffee because he's a lad oh, oh. you're like all black shirts, shorts, shorts, and you have your label on your t-shirt front. It's a new um, label. I'll take that. I like playing with sticky things. Um, yeah, so, um, oh, he bought me coffee. Oh. And, and he gave you a sticker. For two days. He, so do, he needs to bring me coffee. Mm. Right, okay, so what was I saying? Yeah, and then, and then we said, and then Emma said, I feel like if you have smaller boobs, which we both do, then your nipples are always hard. And I said, it's funny because when I gain weight, that's true. They're not really. My boobs get bigger, my nipples get softer. And then when I go down in weight, my nipples get harder. And Emma said. They, well, it might be a various number of things, but I think it's probably because you're colder all the time because you've got less insulation. Such a good point. Mm. Such a good point. Oh, speaking of which, you're looking so lean right now well done your fat loss face is like well and truly yeah it's the ec method it's really working for me okay, me too. <laughs> i love how we pretend that we're not just like no obviously we're like trying to like edit it for everybody so that everybody can do it and everybody can stick to it but ultimately like we're all on the same plan including emma and i yeah um, agreed same so method you didn't um yeah, same method. Exactly. Good point. You uh, you didn't send me the oh. questions last night, which means you've had double the work. <laughs> which means I've not done them. That but it's fine. fine because we'll chit chat we'll get while I get up type form and uh, that'll be fine. Okay, fine. So, so you were in London yesterday. What were you doing? Oh, um, but I'm trying really hard to stop swearing. <laughs> um a hell of a lot of errands and things that had to be done, such as meetings, doctor's appointments, bank, accountant. I mean, it was just like one thing after the other, but it was good. Like I feel, I feel like my life is finally picking up again and lockdown is very slowly but surely starting to... <laughs> you know. Sorry, what? 
it's like, you know, it's just getting a little bit less in place, a little bit more rickety. I don't know how I feel about it, though. Half of me is like, is this a smart idea? And the other half of me is like, freedom! <laughs> yeah, it is. It's a tough, it's a tough call to make. Um, I came up with an amazing analogy, I think. Okay, go on, babe. Um, let me just find these questions. Responses. Okay, so this week, I told you about this, but I've been learning a little bit about stock market and how to invest. Okay. It's, it's very interesting. But I'm bringing it back to fat loss, don't worry. So... If you invest some money in the stock market, let's say you want to do a long-term investment. If you look at the look at your um, shares every single day, you will stress the hell out. You'll yes. be like, "Oh my god, I've lost twenty grand in a day. Oh my god, I've re- I've gained whatever in a day." The, well, and part of the truth is to that, which is kind of irrelevant, is that you don't have any of that money until you take it out. So you've not lost or gained anything until you take out your shares, but. The reason that made me think of fat loss is although we want you to take your markers every day and although it's important to for like people who track the stock market to have markers every single day. But the reason it's important is so you can see the trend. It's the same as fat loss. Like you'd be freaking the hell out if you take every single measure of your scale weight seriously, because you're like, I've gained two, like I've gained all of the weight I lost overnight. Of course it's not fat. It can't possibly be fat if you're sticking to the plan. Like there is yeah. no way it can be. And it's the same sort of stress that you would get if you look at the stock market every day and think, oh my God, I've lost so much money. I've gained this or I've lost this. And But the trend of both is really important. So you want to see a trend of your money going up. It doesn't matter if it fluctuates. It will. That's inevitable. Yeah. And in fact, you want to see the trend of your weight going down. doesn't matter if it fluctuates. It is inevitable that it will. So I thought hmm, that's quite a good analogy. And then the other thing that was similar or that I was like, huh, that could work as well, is that if you do like a short term fat loss plan, like as in I want to lose X amount in six weeks, I'm just going to drink shakes for six weeks and you lose a hell of a lot. It only tends to work for six weeks. And it's similar to like small short term investments. Like you risk a lot if you're going to invest a huge amount short term because that could just drop. And then when you need to take it out, it was worth less. And the same with like doing a short term fat loss thing. Like when you're when you're on a fad diet, you risk the fact that you're probably going to put that weight back on. So the whole point is that you're going to get bigger returns for your investment, be that effort in fat loss or money in stock market. If you leave it in for time, and you're sensible about it, and you allow that trend to happen, instead of trying to rush the process. I think that's absolutely fantastic. I would like to give you a round of applause. Thank you. I thought Thank that was you. so, so good. So who, did, who have you been speaking to people about this? Or are you just going it alone with your, like, Monica and friends? <laughs> <laughs> I have been speaking to one of my friends who works in New York. Stocks and shares. Nicely. All of my friends, not all of that's like all of James's male friends work in like stocks and shares, commodities brokers, like property brokers, all these people. I mean, it's insane the amount of money that is in that industry. And I'm just like always like, what? Like it's and I can't get my head around it. And it, the it's first really time hard I got, to understand. 
it's really hard to understand. And the only reason I'm really good at it is because of uh, trading places with Eddie Murphy. And so, but that's specifically with commodities broking. So I sat down with one of his friends, like literally a year ago, and I realized that I'd never really tried to talk to him about his job because it's, you know, commodities broking, yawn. But actually not yawn, it's amazing. So then I was like, so tell me about commodities broking. He's like, okay, so think of a product. And I was like, like orange juice. He's like, ah, trading places. I was like, yes. Trading places. Anyway, I'm rambling on like I tend to do. Let's get to the questions. (laughs) Sorry, I'm just opening the word, the word Microsoft Word so I can paste them in. Okay, fine. I'm halfway through replying to a... God, we've had some long-winded chats about the UC method today, haven't we, already? I'm just looking at my WhatsApp. I'm like, oh, still going. Still going. Yes, so we have... Okay, it's just it's just pasting. It's because there's so many. Right, oh, here fine. we go. Huh. This is where we should start the podcast so that people don't have to listen to us rambling <laughs> on. Actually, no, because your your stocks and shares and weight weight analogy was great. Yeah, maybe we could cut it, but realistically, I probably won't edit it. So I'm starting to get food aversions. I don't feel bored particularly, but sicky at breakfast slash lunch. Not preggers, ha ha. Are you sure? I will try to mix things up with protein choices, but I'm a fussy meat eater. Sorry, I read that out. It's not actually a question. We can we can <laughs> pretend that it is. Um, I would say if you're feeling sicky at, at specific times of day, um, look instinctively. If your instincts are telling you that it's about food, then switch. I spoke to one of the girls about this the other day. Macro uh, macro swaps. So swap your protein, fat, carb, veg options out and try something new. Um, however, I would also say that that leads me to believe that it could be hormonal. So not preggers, maybe the time of day you're taking the pill, for example, if you're on the pill. Um, or it could be to do with supplements. What time are you taking supplements? James went through a whole phase. It was so maddening. Of like months and months and months, every morning he'd wake up like, I feel sick, I feel sick. And it was because he was taking supplements in the evening that were making him feel sick in the morning. So we just had to switch Ooh. it around. And I did keep saying it to him and he thought I was just being weird. But then as soon as he stopped doing it he felt better um so i would say like think about things like that what time are you taking supplements or pills or medication or anything um because i remember when i first started taking the pill i'd take it before bed and then i'd go to school and i'd feel sick all morning and i, I stopped yeah. doing it and it still yeah it still happens with supplements so just think about what else it could be maybe emma yeah i agree i think one it might be a sort of transient thing that i mean a lot of things just make themselves better and there's not always a reason for everything so you can get quite like almost like a hypochondriac like oh I feel like this and then you overthink it and sometimes things just pass so I would consider that as well oh can I just say on the hypochondriac scale obviously you know we all know that sometimes when it comes to the scales a lot of people act like hypochondriacs like oh my god it went up really annoying Um, I spoke to a girl like two weeks ago on the EC method and she said to me look I have PCOS the scales aren't moving and I basically said look you've got two options she was on high calorie deficit calories so like 1800 kind of higher I said look you've got two options you've got PCOS so you can drop your calories a bit if you want it might be beneficial if you're going to do that like pull a bit from carbs you know keep your kind of fats and protein on the higher end with your veg um or two be patient. It's only been a couple of weeks and see what happens. And she came, she actually was great. She came back. She was like, you know what? I'll be patient. Bravo. Came back to me yesterday and was like, 
it's I'm, I'm on the move everything's moving I'm changing it took a couple of weeks my body is there I can see it on the scales and in my reflection I'm feeling stronger fitter I look better everything like and I was just like bravo to you for a reaching out b deciding instinctively that you would just give it a minute and see and now she's well and truly on track and she hasn't had yeah. to touch anything it's mega I'm still on 1800 calories which is amazing because that means you've got so like if you're losing really well on that then great you got ways to go yeah, yeah. it's mega Okay, um, at times I struggle with 12-hour shifts with an hour commute either way. Bloody hell. I've yeah. realised my job, A&E doctor, surprisingly doesn't produce as many steps as I thought. For example, I did six night shifts in a row and it resulted in, um, and it resulted in one workout in a week. Does activity and neat activity other days in the week compensate for this? I think, so I think the question is essentially one amazing job yeah, two well um yes like neat everything you do is on like a, an overtime spectrum of yeah it doesn't like so if you have six night shifts in a row and you don't get as much activity in during that time but then you're off for six days and you walk 20,000 steps a day yeah that does equal out it might not equal out within that week but over time it does equal out and there, there probably will be weeks in everyone's life and this is why being able to adapt to things is so important because there'll be weeks in everyone's life where they're traveling a lot or they can't do as much exercise or they don't feel well you know there's so many things come up and it's about how you adapt to that and you don't just think oh well screw it I've not been able to do anything this week so I've ruined it no just get back on it the next week and do what you can and obviously night shift work is extremely hard but hopefully your shifts I know that you'll probably work in shift patterns and there'll be some weeks where you can train five days a week. And there might be some weeks where you only get one session in. And that's okay. Yeah, remember, guys, it's a weekly average in every context, you know, in terms of calories burned in your workouts, uh, well, in terms of calories, in terms of uh, your steps and in terms of your calories in. The reason we like to break up is, A, because it's really healthy just to be active throughout the day, just to get your steps in every day. It's really healthy to get a good workout in, like, you know, every other day will do but you know a few handful of days a week is good and it's really healthy not to be like binge restrict binge restrict with your diet and your body and your digestive system and everything so it is a really nice thing to do to try and keep it consistent and linear throughout the week however you know if i i know that next week i can't train uh, like quite a few days so i'm just going to kind of front load some cardio and then stick to my calories stick to, to like try and stick to my um steps and and then that should be fine um but yeah of course look if you're in a specialist circumstance and you need to adapt things to you do um but we do want we do want consistency for those of you who can be consistent do agreed okay hi both week three and one stone down what um Funny story, I've trusted the process and tracked my calories, hit my protein, completed all my workouts and done 10,000 steps a day. Huh. Who'd have thunk it? Well, that, old, that old sneak science. It worked, yeah. eh? Wow. Okay, my question this week is about trainers. Still rocking my very old Nike freeze for everything. Walking slash the occasional slow jog, gym classes when they are open. Do you have any recommendations around footwear? Also, I I often do the workouts in bare feet. Is this a good or bad idea? Um, I to be honest, like I tend, I do tend to find that uh, Nike do do the best footwear. I've tried a fair few. 
Um, if those if those trainers are working for you and you're not getting any shin splints or joint pain or anything or ankle pain, anything like that, um, then congratulations. You found a great pair of trainers that work really well for you and your, your feet and your body. So stick with them. Um, I don't think there's anything wrong with doing the workouts barefoot. No. Um, I just would be a little bit careful with like high impact moves that you're not really getting any cushioning um, on your feet, which is obviously going to come up through your bone structure into your joints and, and might cause an issue. However, if you don't have any issues thus far, you're probably fine. When you guys start getting into the gym and lifting, we might have some suggestions for your footwear. But for now, it sounds like you specifically are doing fine. Emma? Okay, a couple of things. Do you remember Vibrams? No. You don't remember them? Uh -uh. No. They're like the sickest shoes. Like, you know the shoes that you can like see your toes in? Like finger shoes. You're not, no, you're not... Emma, they are not the sickest shoes. They're the worst shoes of all That's time. That's what ever. I mean. That's what I mean. They're disgusting. Like, oh, in... I thought you meant like they're the sickest. <laughs> oh yeah, they're sick, bro. No, they are horrendous. And I just remember personal trainers used to walk around the gym with them all the time and I was like, oh no. Anyway. You know, frog people. Little yeah. Frog yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I really enjoy like the one thing I've really enjoyed about home workouts is because you can like do a lot of it without shoes on. I don't know why I've really enjoyed that. But, uh, but yeah, I think totally fine. Exactly what Chloe said. If you're jumping around, it might not be a great idea. When you start lifting heavier weights, you're going to want like a solid platform instead of use it like even running shoes and stuff with like the um, air bubble thing at the back. Probably not a great idea. But for now, in the gym, and, you know, if you found a pair of trainers that work for you, I would probably, and you like them, like, I don't see any point changing them. I agree. When I spoke to name drop, I feel like I name drop all the time, but I feel like it's always relevant, so I'm not beating myself off about it. When I spoke to Dame Kelly Holmes on my podcast, oh, she was yeah. like... Just yeah me and dame dame k <laughs> just, um, when she, just dame i said that to her i was like can i call you dame she's like nah i was like Fine. <laughs> um she is so hot by the way like no joke she's like a 10 out of 10 like one of the most beautiful people i've ever seen and she's like a boss as well like she's my guy anyway so um is she straight no i don't think so hmm. oh okay so she was saying that footwear is really specific to the individual and that what what some person finds like the trainers that change their life and their running game can be like oh those are the trainers that made me have to retire it's really specific so um anyway just full circle to the original point if your trainers are working for you you're great like keep wearing them till they ain't anymore and then and then look around you heard it from Dame Kelly Holmes. Herself. <clears throat> the Dame. <laughs> um, effects on weight loss when going through menopause. I'm on HRT, which helps me, but I struggle more with weight loss. It is harder, and it's harder for various reasons. I th have we already discussed this? Yeah, I think we talked about it last, on Monday. Yeah. Okay, maybe yeah. we maybe I'm reading the same question. Hold on, let me zoom. Some of them repeat. Here. Yeah. If you if you do a repeat one, I'll tell you. I notice that as well when I go through them. It's when you paste them. It's really weird. Sorry, a lot of these are. Um, we did on Monday. Well, no, or just like really nice messages, but not actually questions. Okay. I love people, by the way, on the self-assessment form. So it's like, do you have a question? And you go, nope. I'm like, 
yes next um or when they're like no I just love you guys and then I've been reading all these so the first couple of weeks I was like figuring out the questions and I was like oh Chloe you have to read these because they're so nice like just because you know it's like when we coach, like a lot of the time, we, you know, we hope that we're doing really well and you get good feedback in the group. But this is obviously a bit more personal because it's what's said in like a private check in. So, yeah, it's nice to know that people are doing really well. OK, yeah, so you may already you may have this already, but I got to near the end and then something. For, oh, right, okay, you may have this check in already. So number one, can you ban eat bars or get corner shops to stock? better emergency snacks because they suck ass on protein and calorie basis I don't think we can actually ban those bars oh and that's not, oh I thought that was a question uh, um sorry that this podcast is not very well um prepared for yeah. um guys don't ask rhetorical questions on the forms Emma getting <laughs> really confused <laughs> uh, while you do that um, I can talk about what happens when you, <laughs> no, I just went, I'll just wait. I mean, the oh. thing is, I don't have access to the Facebook, so. Why don't you have access live. to the Facebook? No, I mean, I mean, it's live on your screen, so I can't see the questions. Otherwise, I could just start going through questions. Oh, see if there's any on the live. So this says, one day I went to a friend's garden party and she made lunch. A plate full of dips, pitters, etc. and then a pudding. I ate it all, not to be rude, because it was nice. And then I roughly tracked it and it was about 800 calories over... I was about 800 calories over the day. I planned to cut 800 calories from the next day, but that left me really hungry. So I ended up eating too much in the evening. So basically, my question is, if you go over by a lot, is it better to just draw a line under it and start afresh the next day or should you cut back and still be within your weekly calories? Did we already answer this? But we'll answer it again anyway. No, we didn't answer this, no. Okay, great. I would have remembered the pitters. Love, love some pitters. Right, okay. Should you, what you should have done or what I would have done is if I wanted to stay on track, I would have split that 800 calories up over the next couple of days and I might have said, and I always, if I'm going to use, if I'm going to try and use um, or expend some extra energy to make up for some of that 800 calories, I always overestimate, underestimate what I'm going to burn. So, for example, if I was like, right, I've overeaten by 800 calories, I still want to be in a deficit over the next week. I'm going to eat 400 calories less this week. It might be 200 calories one day and 200 calories the next. It might be 400, it might be four days at 100 calories less. And I'm also going to try and expend an extra 400 calories. And I might do that by increasing my step count or I might do two bouts of 20 minute cardio or something like that so that I know that I'm still in a deficit over that week. That's probably what I would have done. The other option is if this is like a rare occasion and you don't think you could manage to do that, draw a line under it, start again and just say, yeah, I overate a little bit. I enjoyed it. It sounds like a lovely evening with your friends in the garden like cool it's not every day if that's if that's going to happen quite a lot you're going to have to start accounting for it if that's a complete rarity then I then you can just draw a line under it if you want but bear in mind like you'll just be in a smaller deficit at the end of the week and if you're okay with that that's fine but your fat loss will slow and that's like 
the fact frustrating of it. but you know yeah i agree i think look if you two i would do 200 calories a day for four days two four six eight very easy within that week bracket should be completely doable um and also just get into the mindset if you start thinking like oh i'm i'm deducting food and i was already on a diet you're going to fall off the wagon get into the mindset of like I'm a, I don't know, physique athlete and it's the days before a show and just trying to switch mental gears. You're like, I'm going to nail it every day. And honestly, like we talked about it before, that mental attitude will really help you get there. Um, so that's a really good thing to do. Um, or exactly what Emma said, if you're like, if you try it, let's say for one day and you're like, Whew, no thanks, draw a line under it and, and be aware that you need to have a couple weeks of consistency off the back of it to then see the scale start moving again. And that's fine we all have a life why is everybody in such a rush to lose weight tomorrow like it's fine just be aware that it's going to take a couple weeks of consistency before we even think about whether or not you know we need to we need to do anything on the week three anyway okay so this question um i more just want to talk about the topic so the question is i am a little bit worried i might get too calorie slash protein and step obsessed stressing about days and nights out with friends and not meeting my targets or going over calories um that's why what has happened when I've done tracking before and I am a little bit worried it will happen again and I just wanted from this to talk about the process that we take and that this this process like it's an educational process to start with you're learning how to track you're learning what's in food you're learning how to be disciplined with yourself I personally don't want people to track forever when you get to your maintenance you should be at a stage where you can eyeball stuff do you know what now and again you might get my fitness pal out and be like huh I don't know how many calories in that I wonder what's in it or do you know what I've not tracked for ages I wonder if what I'm eating is still like roughly on track you might do that but we don't want you to feel that there's like a pressure to do it the reason we want you to do it for these eight weeks is just like a, a learning curve for you and then you can start slowly moving away from that. Um, do you have anything to say on that? Yeah, I think, you know, there are so many pros and cons of tracking and meal plans. So obviously with tracking, the biggest pro is that you get more food freedom and you get to learn about nutrition. So you learn what proteins, fats, carbs, calories, what everything looks like, you know, why a piece of salmon is like probably the healthiest source of protein in the world, but why does it have more calories than a piece of chicken? Because it's got, it's high in fat and it's high in really important fat. And you know, you learn these things as you go and it's, it's amazing. But I've always said, and Emma just reiterated it there, tracking is a means to an end. We want you to learn about nutrition so that you can actually, if you want eyeball things and not track anything or track really roughly. And then if you want to dial it in and you're like, okay, I've got a holiday in four weeks or a wedding in, in, you know, six months, if you want to dial it in and get specific, you know how, you know how to do that. But, you know, it shouldn't, the downfall of tracking is that it can make you overly food focused. And I know that this is true. Um, and, you know, for example, if I have girls, if I have female clients who are coming from an ED background, I typically won't really have them track. I will try and teach them with different ways, food Bibles, meal plans and, and constant um, conversation as we go because they will get very, very obsessive and dial in and this will start to happen. Um, so those are things that I've learned as a coach. Now, what I would say for you specifically in this in, in the immediacy of this question or, or statement is that um, don't think about it. Do not think about it. You know, you get up in the morning, you, you do your workout, you hit your steps, you hit your calories. And if you happen to go out that night, 
don't overthink about it. Just go out, have fun. If you and wake up the next day and be like, okay, what do I kind of think? Maybe I had an extra 500 calories, which is nothing really worth of alcohol. But I was up on my feet dancing all night, which probably burned that 500 calories. So I'm fine. Or you can be like, okay, so over the next five days, I'll take 100 calories off. Or you can be like, okay, so I'll do an extra workout today and then I'm done. That's it. Like, don't overthink it. It shouldn't be too hard for you to figure out in the day after if you need to do anything at all. And you probably won't have to. Um, but yeah, I mean, I would, that exactly what I said to another one was it Sharon or Jilly. I was like, just go out, have fun and deal with that after. Like, and we're, that's why we're here as well. Feel free to tag us on Facebook and say, this happened, help and we'll help. Yeah, yeah, and be accountable to it. But that's the, the whole point in you looking, feeling, like looking, feeling and like being more confident in yourself is that you can then go out and enjoy it and like yeah. enjoy your new body and be like, oh, I'm wearing this dress for the first time and all this stuff. Like we don't want you sitting at home because you want to save your calories. Like no. go out, enjoy yourself. But also know that you can go out and enjoy yourself without smashing the calories. Like you don't need to overeat. You don't need to put yourself out of deficit for the week. You can have an amazing night not drinking at all if you wanted to do that. Um, and then the eating disorder thing, which is what um, Chloe was, when she said ED, that's what she meant. Um, that's an interesting one because I think, it, and obviously it's so individual, but sometimes yeah. a little bit of like education and, and like tracking helps. Yeah. And sometimes it makes it so much worse. And it's the same sometimes with people's like relationship with food. If they maybe come to you and it doesn't matter if they've, you know, they've been overweight or underweight. But once they understand a little bit more about the process yeah. and about food and about what's healthy and about, you know, how things work and why protein's important and how you want to fuel your body so that it can grow and yeah. and you want to exercise and things. Sometimes that's really helpful, but sometimes, yeah, you're right. It's completely not the right approach. So it's quite hard. Um, but that's why it's like, it's what we always said. So there are pros and cons of all of it. I would rather that everybody tracked so that you get food understanding and food freedom and you can actually live your life. You know, so if you're, if you're on a meal plan, food Bible, whatever, that's why I work, I add to my food Bible pretty much on a monthly basis. So I try and get, I try and make it its own, my fitness pal database, everything in there so that people have more options and more choices. Um, but you know, the thing is, is that if, if you are finding that you are getting numbers obsessed, it's probably a really good idea to, to pull back understand what you've now learned about proteins, fats, carbs, fiber, micronutrients, hydration, calories throughout the day, you know, nutrient timing, meal timing, pre-training nutrition, post-training nutrition, what to do if you have a sweet tooth, pull back and be like, I already know. And don't be so obsessed with it. You know, I'm a really big believer in, in people trying out fat loss phases. If, you know, I do it cyclically and I don't know if Emma does, I would presume she does. I do it cyclically. I'm not always in a fat loss phase, um, but I'm a big believer in doing like fat loss phases without having to track you know because you should have learned like you should kind of know how to do it um so yeah do try and learn as you go guys this is not just like a plug it and go on like look at it and try and get get your head around it yeah I don't track calories there you go and and I just really work off portion sizes because I prefer that or I do yeah. like food swaps and stuff I don't know exactly how many calories I had yesterday I know roughly and I know I'm in a deficit but I know I'm not in too big a deficit because I feel good and I've got energy. Yeah. And like, you, you don't have to be so precise. 
it makes it quite a lot easier for us sometimes if you are and obviously it it allows us to pinpoint where you might be going wrong because if like if now I was like I still want to lose body fat but I'm not losing any and I don't know where I'm going wrong so I've not been tracking I would go and track and I'd be like oh okay actually I'm still like I'm still eating quite a lot of calories or this is where I could swap things so it's good to go back and assess sometimes yeah, it is easier as your coaches because we have we have data. Like, yeah. to, you give us your data, but uh, it is very subjective. Anyway, okay, next question. Okay, next question. Um, we've covered this a bit, but if you have any more ideas, right? Creative ways to increase your steps. Oh, Emma, you're much better at this than me. <laughs> I just don't stop moving. I literally don't stop moving throughout the day. I'm up, moving around. I can't sit still for more than an hour. I'm like, I have to get up, make a cup of tea, clean the kitchen, put a wash on. I have to do something like it's just how I'm like my dad. It's just how I'm built. Mm. Um, so I don't. That's have interesting. To, I, so like, yeah, you're, and this is a really good example of someone who is like just habitually like. Have you ever been overweight? No. No, never. No, and and part of that will be that, and you were probably before you got into fitness, of your mates, the one that that was maybe like, oh, she always eats what she wants, but she never puts on weight. Exactly. So I would like house. I was so unhealthy. I never worked out. I never watched what I ate. I was like stressing unhealthy. I was like probably I wasn't overweight. I was like a curvy size ten to twelve, which is like yeah. completely normal for for a young woman. Um. And I was disgustingly healthy, but yeah, I never had to diet. I never had to work out. I started running for anxiety. It didn't really do anything for my body, to be honest. But yeah, it was genetic. I just don't sit still. Therefore, I have a higher energy expenditure. Anyway, go on, Emma. Yeah, no, I was just like, that's a great point. A lot of people look at, um, I don't know, certain friends and just think, oh, you must have, like, they'd be like, oh, you must have a fast metabolism. No, I've got a high energy output and, and I don't sit still. So one, you could either try and not ever sit still. Um, I think that especially at home, doing things like whenever you watch the live or listen to the podcast, go for a walk. Like do it with yes. something that is enjoyable. Like inst- I, I actually don't particularly like going for an aimless walk. Like I like to walk somewhere, even if I'm just going to the shop and I will buy a bottle of water Same. and then like, and then come back but I don't like never I don't like not coming back without anything or I'll go with a friend or something like try and meet up now that you can meet up with people like go and meet up with someone for a walk that's much better in terms of coronavirus risk as well because you're not going into their house like meet them outside go for a walk get coffee whatever whatever you can do on the move try and do it so go and this is a good one maybe not if you've got like a family of four but go and do your shop and go and get it and bring it back because that's going to burn even more calories if you're carrying a big heavy shop with you but I like doing something so I would go and like buy my weekly shop and come back or a couple of days of shopping and come back that's probably would be well that's what I usually do is try and get steps up it's great advice that's what my dad does so my dad will just put it's got the worst rucksack in the world put his rucksack on put his shoes on he'll walk to our local shops do like a whole shop walk back people might have seen he got pat the other day doing it shirtless drinking corona like a lad oh i did (laughs) see that lad 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 it was like me and my brothers had so much fun with that anyway um and like that's how he just stays fit he stays active he stays in shape that's why he probably looks as good as he looks um i don't even know how old my dad is now 60 
He would not he want me talking not, about this. He does not look sixty. No, he looks fucking fantastic. Like honestly, and it, it just get up, be active, move on. This is what we say. Like in an ideal world, for health and fitness, we we do want you doing it every day. But you know, again, back to the shift worker who's like shocked that she's actually not really getting her steps in. It's all right if you have to, you know, backload it or front load it throughout the week. You know, that happens sometimes. Yeah, my last piece of advice would be to get a dog. I don't say that to James. It's been our biggest argument in lockdown, and I. Does he really want one? when we're not in lockdown I'm home all the time like I'm gym I'm home I work from home like you right I presume that's my life so and I don't want a dog I'm like no if we're gonna get something we'll have a baby right James is never here when it's not lockdown so it would be on me it would be all on me to take care of this dog ever since we got into lockdown he's like we need a dog I'm like no 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 and it's literally been I would say two arguments we've had in lockdown the biggest arguments we've had in our whole relationship I'm like but I just he always gets his way so you're gonna gonna have a dog I will have a dog and he will not and I'll be like mother (laughs) anyway yeah that is the problem but what I do find with dogs and why I kind of wish my parents still had one is that you have to take your dog out like if it's raining realistically if you don't have a dog you're not going to go out for a walk like it's not enjoyable at all but you have to go for a walk if you have a dog and even things like after meals so not to get too like sciencey but postperandial walking which is just walking yes. after your meal just 10 so, minutes yeah it's so good for your health because you're reducing your blood glucose levels quicker and, and an amazing example of this is i used to have a type 1 diabetic client which means that, that they don't produce their own insulin so they have to take insulin after a meal so that they can take in the the glucose from the blood she used to not take insulin after her lunch because she'd go and do a workout and she wow. didn't need to do it because like yeah, you're, you're yeah you're already you have the same response or you can have glucose transporters that would normally be stimulated by insulin but are also stimulated by working that muscle and that can be as simple as walking so yeah. walking after a meal is a great idea and that's often like if people have a dog they're like oh we'll have dinner and then we'll walk the dog and then we go to bed pretty pretty spot on that yeah i love that and it all really guys all you need is 10 minutes you finish your meal go for a 10 minute walk i said i've i've gone through phases of doing that i'm not doing it right now i probably should but it is so good it's so helpful with digestion getting your steps in like feeling a bit more invigorated after you eat it's such a good thing to do yeah because normally what you do is you sit down and watch tv after your meal which is the worst thing you could do Okay, next question. I struggle with veg intake, mainly because I'm a big kid and I don't like it. However, I'm averaging three to four portions of veg on one portion of fruit most days. Not necessarily with every meal, but is this okay or too low? Or, oh, this is a good part of the question. Would it slow fat loss at all? Um, I'm sorry, I was reading another question on this. I'm trying to get a a handle on it. This is why I shouldn't do both of these at the same time. Yeah, it's very Um, hard to do both, isn't it? Okay, I'll just reiterate the question. Struggling with veg intake, um, just because she's a big kid and doesn't really like it. She's getting four portions of fruit, of veg and one portion of fruit a day, but not necessarily with every meal. Is this okay or is it too low? And will it slow fat loss? Uh, No, you're not going to slow fat loss down by not getting in your fruit and veg. It's not really part of it. Um, We want you to get your fruit and 
veg in every meal. I mean, I usually find that my clients find it easy to get fruit in at breakfast and then veg in the rest of their meals throughout the day. In some way, shape or form, this could be onions in a sauce, tomatoes in a sauce, you know, a side of Mediterranean veg, a side salad, broccoli mash, cauliflower rice, courgette. I mean, there are so many ways to do it. So I think saying you don't like veg is psychological, to be honest. Um, but we want you to get it in because fiber is really important for gut health. Um, fiber is really important in a fat loss phase for feelings of satiety, feeling full and satisfied after your meals. Volume, actually having a big voluminous meal instead of an egg white omelet on a plate in front of you, which sucks um, if you like to eat, which I'm pretty sure we all do. Um, and it sounds to me, if you're getting in your, it sounds like you're getting your fruit and veg in every day anyway. So it sounds like you're doing a totally fine job of that. Um, but no, ultimately it's not going to slow your fat loss it's just not great for your body ultimately emma yeah i think you're getting in enough fruit and veg like that would be like a minimum amount but that's good that you're getting in that much uh as close there's loads of things that you can like put it in sauces put it in stews like you don't have to just eat veg as it is there are loads of things that like i love roasted mediterranean veg and when you cook it it smells like you're cooking pizza yes it so does yeah because I, I like when my flatmate makes it i'm like oh my god are you having pizza and she's like no no just veg I'm like, oh so nice though so yeah there are loads of ways you can make veg nice um and it won't is your flatmate in health and fitness or is she like no. no no she's the hotel manager fab do you get free nights at the hotel no also, it's, pre- it's Premier in, so I'm not that, like, not that. Yeah, but still, I mean, like, just, I really Actually, feel like... Actually, do you know what? That's the, the that would be the best, because they're everywhere, aren't they? They're everywhere, and, like, I felt one of my friends is a hotel manager of Marriott, and, like, so she gets us really good deals sometimes, but I'm always like, oh, it would be so cool just to be able to, like, go stay anywhere for free for the night. I know. Okay, I'm hitting my protein every day, but calories... Oh, no, sorry, but carbs are high. I know you say as long as we hit protein, that's good, but I feel I need to lower my carbs. Should I do another week before dropping them or see what happens? Okay, shall we cover why people are scared of carbs? Yeah. Should I start? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, there's so many reasons in my head. I'm interested to I know, I'm just like, where, where do we start? I think they've just been demonised for so long. But one of the more sciencey reasons they're demonized is the insulin hypothesis, which is yeah. essentially the the core of like really low carb zealot way. And that is that insulin is a storage hormone. So it is true that when insulin increases, that's when you store things, you store glycogen, but you also store fat. Uh, it also does other things which are very important. But anyway, it's seen because of that, it's seen as this sort of bad hormone. So when you eat carbohydrates... Insulin, like, storage goes up and then fat burning goes down for the time when your insulin's high, yeah. like this, perfectly. It's basically, this <laughs> like, is what insulin does. Does everyone then, understand now? This is okay, insulin, great. this is fat. Next question. This goes up, that comes down. It's like, anyway, go on. Um, it looks better on a graph. Maybe I'll draw it next time. Yeah, it does look slightly better on a graph. Uh, okay, what was it? Okay, so... All the, and they miss out quite a lot, the low-carb zealots. But when you do eat carbohydrates, insulin levels increase. So they sort of see this as, oh, if you, if you don't eat carbohydrates, you're not going to spike insulin, which isn't true. But anyway, you're not going to spike insulin, and thus you're not going to store fat. And 
that isn't quite true because also protein increases insulin as well. Fat doesn't to the same extent. Um, but insulin is a good thing and required for health. So mm -hmm. uh, it's not it's not a bad thing. Um, but I think that's one of the primary reasons that at least low carby zealot type people are create fear around eating carbohydrates. But we know that if you're in a energy deficit, then it doesn't matter how many carbs you eat. What else is there that like I think just like general like bread is bad. Also like you'll find when you pull from carbs. Like I find I do some time carb cycle towards the end of a diet and I've given it to clients before and it's really successful. It's a great way of dieting. Um but what happens is when you pull carbs, you pull on glycogen, you pull water, your weight will drop. And obviously there's so much confusion around the scales being a specific measure of body fat which they are not just putting it out there that people are like oh but then I dropped carbs and the sales dropped four pounds and I'm like well yeah of course because it because it's 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 a storage um nutrient like of course you did that's not body fat the two things aren't the same weight and fat are two different things please like, obviously fat is a subcategory of weight we all know that but it's one of like thousands so it's just it's it, anyway moving on um so, okay, carb, if you're hitting your protein and you're in your calorie deficit and your carbohydrates are high, that's fine. The only thing I will say is that if you're in a calorie deficit and your carbohydrates are high, I want you to just check your dietary fat. Okay, so, so totally fine you're in a calorie deficit, totally fine your protein's getting hit, totally fine your carbohydrates are high, but where are your fats? If you are getting fats from trace, so for example, you know, your protein powder has a gram of fat, um, and, and that's happening throughout the day, that's not good enough, as far as I'm concerned from a nutrition point of view. I would really like you to find some meals in the day where you can either swap out carbs to fats or put dietary fats in there. I'm talking things like oily fish, oils, nuts, seeds, avocado, eggs, um, really great sources of dietary fat. And the only reason I say that is because it's great for nutrition and health and recovery and inflammation and so many things. Um, but in terms of your carbs being higher, no, it, it, it's totally fine. You'll probably find that you're you're performing and recovering better, to be honest. Mm. Emma, your turn. You, you do um, make a really good point about like buy-in. So if, if mm. we put people on a really low carbohydrate diet, they'll lose weight like that really yeah. quickly. And then what the other side of that is they're like, oh, great, I've lost weight. And then when they do eat carbs again, they put a lot of weight back on purely because they're storing carbs, more water, and that creates the fear. So then yeah. they're like, oh, yeah, it's right. Okay, as soon as I eat carbs, I put on weight. When I cut them, I drop weight really quickly. Cool. Like, that is like that is what I need to do. And and it almost, like, feeds into the, the truth. That, well, not the truth, but the truth that, the, that, like, zealots are trying to say that, oh, it's really bad to eat carbohydrates. I mean, you saw... But I will say that when I, when, I, when I carb cycle on higher carb days, the next day my weight drops, which is really interesting. But you're right in that there, for the majority of people, it'll go up a bit and then come back down. And you're right, it buys into the fear. Anyway, carry on. Although, and, and on the low-carb team, I actually think going low-carb is a great way to diet. I, yeah, easy. I like dieting low-carb. I think... Well, there is research behind this as well so not just like my own experiences that satiety is higher um my food volume is higher um and it makes it far easier for me to stick to a diet 
But I think the knowledge that that is a tool and knowing why it's working, I'm just cutting calories, but the doing it in a by cutting my carbohydrates is easier for me. So yeah. that's what I'm doing. However, if I really wanted a piece of bread, I would have it because I know that if I fit it in my calories, it's not going to affect my fat loss. Yeah, agreed. Do we have um, any questions on the live bit? Yeah, we have a few. To be honest, these ones thus far are a, a bit better. No offence, people watching <laughs> questions in the live. Um, uh, my husband bought me an Apple Watch. Are they good for what I need? Uh, yeah, I mean, any kind of um, tracking tech is really good for, like, steps, but I wouldn't use it for anything else. Oh, like timers, steps, timers, things like that, really good. In terms of, like, calories burned and that kind of thing, I'd say fairly inaccurate. Um very inaccurate yeah completely inaccurate um i'm getting to a point where i'm not happy with 10k steps and i'm going for 20 i do already have an active job but i'm getting obsessed how do i stop this addiction as i'm now hungry all the time i'm on a refeed at the moment i feel like i'm just battling with myself oh susan you did not say this in your post yeah i gave her a refeed um at least i think it's you i think it's you i've done that for like two people in the last two weeks anyway um yeah, you're getting obsessed and you need to call out. If you have an active job and you're hitting 10K steps, you're fine. Um, it's, we don't want you got. We want you hitting 10K steps a day because it's a fit, healthy activity um, and some added calories burned. Hitting 20, like, no, it's just like we just don't need you doing that. So take it from your coaches. Please stop. If you go over 10, naturally fine, but you do not need to get obsessive and start increasing it like like crazy. Emma, what do you think of that? Yeah, I would. I mean, more isn't necessarily better. And if it's sort of taken over your life, this obsession with getting in loads of steps, then it's becoming a negative. And you have to recognise that. And it sounds like you have, which is a good thing. And also why we really like you to do the self-assessment forms is even if you don't have a question, it makes you think about your week. OK, what went well? What didn't go well? Actually, am I now finding getting steps in is a real stress to me? Maybe I need to look at that. And as Chloe says, if you're getting over 10,000 steps, you don't need to push it anymore. So, yeah. yeah. Exactly. Um, is your advice recarbs the same for people with PCOS or would you recommend lower carb? So the reason that Emma and I say re-PCOS, um, A, you might need a deeper deficit and B, it's probably better for you to create that deficit via carbs is purely and simply because fats are, are better for hormonal issues, hormonal problems. Um, but essentially, you might need to dig a little bit deeper recalorie intake. And a really good way to do that if you have hormonal issues is um, by pulling a little bit more from carbs. Emma? Yeah, I would, so if you have PCOS sometimes and not all the time, because I've got quite a few clients with PCOS, and some of them do seem to have to diet on lower calories because their basal metabolic rate might be slightly lower. Others don't, and it doesn't seem to have any effect on their base on metabolic rate. So this isn't a sweeping statement for everyone with PCOS needs to drop their calories. Yeah. But yeah. some people might. And don't assume that's you until you have to. Um, and one of the other reasons, apart from hormonal, that we drop, although slightly related to hormonal, that we drop um, from carbs a lot of the time is because you can be a little bit insulin resistant with PCOS. Probably less so if you're, well, definitely less so if you're lean, active, getting your steps in and doing resistance training. But yeah. if you're overweight at the moment, you're looking to lose weight, 
you might be more insulin resistant because you have PCOS, which means that dropping carbs might be quite useful for you. Yeah, but then off the back of that, it doesn't have to be forever. It could be a temporary measure. So if you get really fit, healthy, in shape, the deficit works, you drop your body fat, you're gaining muscle, and you've been on a lower carb diet, at some point, we're going to be able to start to reintroduce carbs, and you're not going to be so insulin resistant anymore, and you're not going to have the same issues with it as you did. Um, So bear in mind that it would be temporary. Nicola, I'm not a member of a gym. Will I be able to do the workouts going forward? Yes, Emma and I will talk about this when the gyms open up. Um, but we will be providing everybody with home workouts and gym workouts. Um, however, we do just like tracking and meal plans with home workouts and gym workouts. We really urge all of you to get into the gym and start lifting because that is where the real body transformation occurs. Um, unless you're Deborah and you're a freak of nature. <laughs> yeah. Because have you seen she's done with a few dumbbells? It's like I'm like what? <laughs> yeah if you're if you can get to a gym and we would really encourage it like when it and maybe not as soon as they open like I'm not when my gym opens I don't think I'm gonna rush back to it but after a couple of weeks I probably will once like things once I know what's going on and things have calmed down a little bit um saying that I bet the gym's open and I'm like (laughs) I'm like I'm gonna be really sensible and just see what happens and then I'll be like they're queuing up but I mean, you know, gym memberships aren't as expensive as they used to be. Pure gym's quite cheap. There's other like the gym or all these things that you you know they're not that expensive. But you will see really great transformations when you start lifting proper weights. And yeah. I so I sent all of I sent everyone the gym workouts because it was getting too complicated to send individuals them. And just looking at them, I'm like, oh, I can't wait to get. I actually can't wait to start programming for the gym as well. I know we we need, we're going to need to talk about that as well because to be honest I mean I'm, I hate saying this but you've already written gym plan haven't you so I'm like maybe Emma will take the gym plans I hate you I'm so, I hate you if we do this and I'll take the home I'll take the home workouts which will kill me but also at the same time I think a lot of you have my books and there's gym plans in there so it's almost kind of like you know how I would structure it which like, I know Emma does like push pull days for example at least I've gathered from from what she's talking well, about. I quite like to mix it up sometimes but the, these blocks yeah, as well the other yeah. thing to point out I think we touched on this is that we won't be doing two week gym plans like these will be at no. least four weeks so for every EC method, there will be a new gym plan at four weeks. And the reason for that I is I mean, like, I even think, even then, I mean, I, suppose, I, know. Yeah, look, I mean, I'd rather that you guys, we can talk about this. Obviously, this is yet to come. So we're being a bit premature. I'd rather that everybody was on the same bloody gym plan for like at, at least the full eight weeks, if mm. not 16 before we switched it. It's just, yeah, I think we'll change it for just so people can be a bit excited about new plan. But it will be progressive from the first block. Yeah. But we, yeah, I guess we, we can we can make it fair, though. Maybe I'll do one intake, then you do one intake of gym plan. I mean, what, what, yeah, and then we'll probably have to structure it so that everybody gets a Monday through, gets a weekly gym plan and a weekly home workout plan. So then if someone's like, oh, my God, I can't get to the gym because I'm traveling with work that day, you've got something you can get up and do in yeah. the morning. No so, excuses. Okay, so this is a really interesting just, one. Just, Chloe, just remember to take your band with you. Yeah. <laughs> I'm here. <laughs> I've stopped. I used to upload really helpful content on my Instagram, and now I just <laughs> now make it funny bits. So what today's will be about how hard your nipples are if you're. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, um, okay. This is a really interesting comment, and I can't wait to read this out and then <sighs> have 
have Emma hear it and then both of us answer it. I find that carbs are higher in calories. So I've just been swapping them out uh, and going lower carb. It seems to work well for me. Oh, God, there's more. Okay, why don't we just tackle that one first? Okay, Beck. I don't know who should go first. I'm sure we're both like, Emma, you go. Do you know what? Okay, I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take her side. Sometimes things that are high in carbs are higher calories. Now, like a carbohydrate for a gram is four calories. Same as protein. And fat is nine calories per gram. So it's not higher in calories. But I kind of get what you mean. Like sometimes things that like a sandwich is normally higher in calories than the the low carb alternative because yeah. usually they've just taken away the carb and replaced it with more salad or something. Like so I, I get what she's saying in the if you reduce like the carbohydrate things that you're eating, if you look at it as a food rather than just a carbohydrate source, then I kind of get what she's saying. Okay, I, I understand what you're saying from a different perspective in that I will, um, okay, to reiterate, protein, four calories per gram, carb, four calories per gram, fat, nine calories per gram, so just over double, alcohol, seven calories per gram, so almost double. Those are your calorie nutrient breakdowns. So carbs are lower calorie than fat. So going lower Did carb, you know higher the, fat. Sorry, I, this just reminds me. The thermic effect of alcohol is like 30%. Okay, I didn't know that, but more more reason for me to be a raging alcoholic. I actually yeah. haven't had a drink in ages. I'm doing really well. I'm so proud of myself. Not drinking wine every night. Sorry, it's like, been like a week. I know. <laughs> anyway, in lockdown, I was like, I would go like two, three days, and then I'd be like, I'm going to have a glass of wine. <laughs> I'm like, I've, I've done quite well for me, and I'm not planning on drinking for a while longer, so I'm good, man. Anyway, um... Right, so so there's that. So bear that in mind. Um, however, okay, the things that you're probably thinking, um, okay, two things. One, when you think carb and you think something like cake or chocolate or sandwiches, usually they're really high in calories because they're also high in fat. So and that equals an obesogenic diet, a, a diet which is really high in both. Um, but it's so funny how people think like sandwich carb. It's like, mm, it's probably actually all three, protein, fat, and carb, yeah. but that's why it's high calorie. Second thing I will say is that the reason why the carbs seem, seem higher in calories is because of portion size. So to fill a bowl with salad and some avocado is a fucking easy thing to do. It's very quick, easy, boom, you're done. To fill a bowl with like pasta and rice, I mean, that is a lot of carbohydrate <laughs> in a bowl, right? What? So, Who has pasta and rice? No, I mean like pasta or rice, sorry. One or the other there's a lot in a bowl so those calories to get that full bowl you're talking about sizing as well <laughs> bowl. <laughs> to get that full bowl your calories are pro probably going to be higher than if you had salad and avocado and then you'll go oh carbs are so much higher calorie no the quantity it needs to be more quantity to get that same food volume i hope that makes sense so they're not higher in calories they're lower in calories but i understand what you're saying as the summer okay then we go Okay, Emma, again, I'll let you take it first. She says, okay, so I found that carbs are higher in calories. I've just been swapping them out to see low carbs. It's working for me. I just bulk up on protein. 
Wait, um, does, she, does she mean she bulks her meals up on protein or does she mean that she personally bulks up when she eats protein? Wow, that's a good point. Okay, I found that carbs seem higher in calories, so I've just been swapping them out, so I assume lower carb. But it seems to work well for me as I just bulk up on protein. Oh, yes. Yeah, that's fine. As this, as this makes me feel fuller. Oh, okay, phew. I thought yeah. you were going to say I can't eat protein because I bulk up. And I was oh. like, no. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah sorry. No, that's fault. fine. Yeah, that's fine. That Although is... what I will say about eating more protein is really mm-hmm. expensive. I now think more about the cost to the environment as well. Um, if you're like having, if you're like, oh, I just have two chicken breasts every lunchtime, like, yeah, it's a lot. Um, but if it's working for you, then fine. Yeah. And you don't need two chicken breasts at lunchtime. Maybe some of the guys would need that kind of protein. Yeah, that's what I mean. You don't need it, but if you're going low carb and just bulking it all out with protein, like, you're just gonna have to have bigger protein meals, which is a lot. Yeah, but you're right to pick up on that. I did not read the last sentence, and you were completely accurate there. Um, Okay, they've got three more here. Um, Oh, she says here, yeah, like, rather than four new potatoes, I would rather have an extra chicken breast, which is what I've been doing. Oh, that's exactly what I was thinking. Yeah, we don't... Okay, I totally get the strategy behind that. It's great to hit protein and to feel satiated, but we don't want you having two chicken breasts instead of chicken breasts and four new potatoes. There are actually going to be nutrients and benefits in the four new potatoes. Also, four new potatoes should probably... nothing. Yeah, that should probably equal a chicken breast. Hang on. Yeah. It's probably less calories. Yeah, and And, it's also... And even compared to high-protein things, um, a potato is the most satiating thing and I always found that so surprising like I remember first reading that and thinking like they showed you the list of things that were tested and I was like ah chicken or egg or something like even there was like egg whites you know things that are because it was done per calorie per 100 calories or something and I was like definitely going to be something high protein no the white potato well starch I mean that starch will get (laughs) you that'll get you okay Uh, Okay, hormonal related. I am on steroids for asthma, which my doctor says will be affecting weight loss. Is this the same? Should I pull from carbs? I think she means it's hormonal stuff. I think the steroids are affecting my insulin somehow. No. I found something on it, but it was a bit too technical for me. I mean, uh, share the study or whatever you found if you want, and I'll have a look at it. But I don't think it would be affecting that. No, I don't either. Just stick with your calorie deficit. Um, and if you need to dig a little deeper, you need to dig a little deeper. Full circle. Guys, it's not about carbs. <laughs> it's about calories. The only reason that we're getting a bit more specific about carbohydrates is we're trying to explain the role in the body and why for why if we had someone with hormonal issues in a calorie deficit, in a calorie deficit, we would rather that they really focus on getting their fats in above carbs. But it's not about carbs, please. You've got to keep that in your head. Okay, last question on here, and then I think we should wrap up. Vicky. Vicky's in banging shape, by the way. She's in such mega shape. She doesn't... She wants, Vicky, she wants annoying. You don't realise how good a shape you're in. I'm like... like You're like my fitspo. Um, okay. Question re-shoulder press. Does it matter if we work palm forward or palm in towards ears? Oh, does she mean with dumbbells? I was like, how would you do that? Um, <laughs> do you just bend bar- the bar around your head? I was like, how would you have a bar? Anyway, uh, so 
uh, palms forwards or palms towards ears, I can get more reps with palms in v palms forward. Oh, really? Okay. So you can get more reps that way? Yeah, I can too, actually. I, I very rarely shoulder press like this, but when I do, I get not quite a lot of reps. <laughs> when I do, I get quite a lot of reps. <laughs> when I, I do, um, they'll just hit slightly different muscles yeah, in slightly different ways. Yeah, like, uh, front delts a bit more. Yeah, I, they, yeah, they'll hit your... So I reckon inverted will obviously be superior. Um front maybe bicep more as well yeah bicep as well mm. um and maybe more tra no no ignore that and then palms up I reckon would hit lats more definitely uh yeah they'll just they'll hit the same muscle area in different ways Emma what do you think yeah nothing to add yeah fine I, I actually quite like mixing it up yeah, me too. That's a really good thing. You should mix it up, guys, because then you're going to start hitting all those little bits. And as you get leaner, and, you know, we've seen it on a few of the girls already, some of the graduates, oh, my God, they are shredded. Um, as you get leaner, all those little tiny muscle bits and striations are going to start to come out. It's really cool. It's just cool. You get to see what you've been doing. And when it's under, like, a sleeve of fat, like all of my muscle right now, you don't really get to see, you can't see all the all your work in the gym. Um, it's so much fun, guys. Honestly, please stick with it because when you get really lean, you get to see all your muscle that you've built. It's wicked. You'll you'll feel so proud of yourselves. Agreed. And what I'm really excited about with the crop tops is, um, <laughs> <laughs> just back to the crop tops, is like, especially people who maybe... I don't know, wouldn't wear one before and then like they get to the end of this eight week journey and they feel more confident in themselves. And it's not about like having shredded abs. Like it's just about having the confidence to do that and like loving your body enough to show it off a little bit. And that doesn't mean you have to be lean to do that. Oh God, no. Like I, it's so funny. Like I remember when I first started doing what I do now and let me turn this on for now, it's just really distracting. Um, I was like, unless I was shredded, unless I was really lean, I didn't want anyone to see my body. And even more so, I think, because, and I, by the way, I've always been really body confident. I was never funny about getting naked ever. And then when I started doing what I do now, and the first time I got shredded, I think, A, on a personal mental level, I was like, unless I'm shredded, it, I don't look good enough. And B, in terms of like people starting to know me for doing what I did, it was almost like, if I'm not in the best shape out of everybody here, which by the way, is a really hard thing to do, um, if I'm not in the best shape out of everybody here, then I suck at my job and it's embarrassing. And it was such a head fuck. Like I tripped myself up into this weird cycle of thinking, which now is completely gone. Um, and it's gone because actually that whole social media wave of only posting photos of your body when you look in mega shape started to die out. And some of my like most, the people that I look up to the most in terms of their bodies, but also their, their, the way their their education and the messages that they put out there are so real about how they look throughout the the course of the year that I was like you know what screw it like this is ridiculous I'm fit I'm strong I'm healthy I feel great and I look great like that what is the problem here and I completely got over it but um yeah don't do get think, stuck um, in that pattern do you think part of that is because and because I know this is was true for me like I initially felt like a huge part of what I had to offer as a personal trainer was based on how I looked. And you probably yeah. felt like the exact same as what you're explaining. 
but yeah. then I realized that like actually my knowledge is worth way more than that and it doesn't matter at all how I look and the yeah. and, and once you sort of realize that and I think it comes from a bit of maturity as a trainer where oh, you're yeah. like it, it it's irrelevant how I look actually it's my knowledge and application and experience that you're paying for and that's what you're like that's what my worth is not yeah because I can get shredded and the fact is you've proven that you can now like you don't need yeah. to stay like that and I actually yeah. felt um maybe even as close to a year ago that I and when people start being a bit more real about like not being shredded all year and stuff I actually did stay very lean all year and I almost yeah. felt like a hypocrite for being like saying to people you don't need to stay lean all year like you know, it's totally natural to go through phases of being a little bit heavier and a little bit lighter and stuff. And then I was like, but I'm staying lean all year and it's probably not a good thing. And it's funny that it's almost flipped. And I love that it has where people are really real and it's not like, I think people who are quite maybe new to the the industry or uneducated or, or people that aren't even in the, the industry might be like, oh, but I saw a picture of you last year in Fiji and you look shredded. Like, why are you not shredded now? Like, oh, like, is that, and it's completely unrealistic and half of it's like yeah I was tanned as hell like everyone looks yeah. like shredded when yeah. they're tanned that's totally true I think it's like also just so everybody knows and I'm talking to, again to a couple of the girls about this at the moment you can only get so far say you're on round one of a fat loss phase or you know what and you look great you're not going to get better once you get to that point once you hit the goal you look shredded you look muscular you've got low body fat that's it. That's the angle. The only way you're going to progress that physique is if you then start to focus on building muscle. And then, you know, you do, you increase calories and we get your metabolism back up. And yeah, you may put on a bit of body fat and that's great because you're going to train better, recover better, hormonally better, metabolically better, 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 better. Come back up a bit. Then we can focus on going back into a fat loss phase. And then you are going to best the physique you had here. And you're not going to do it by staying here. And you have to understand that. So yes, there are times of the year where Emma, me, every physique athlete you've ever seen, is doesn't necessarily look the part. But I guarantee you, it's because in a few months time, you're going to be like, holy crap, they did better. Um, but yeah, you're completely right. I now I follow virtually no fitness models. And I only follow people who have educational uh feeds and backgrounds and knowledge i give zero fucks if somebody looks great yeah same and i actually find it really boring following like famous people oh me too they just don't even put up a caption it's just like a picture of themselves with like hi guys yeah like what is that what am i getting from that nothing no nothing but you grow out of that I don't yeah. think if you're not learning from them, no, I'm being a dick. I, for me, if I'm not learning from them, I don't follow them. But I do know that following people who look insane is really inspirational for a lot of people who are like, that's why I'm doing this. In which case, fine. Yeah. <laughs> you're allowed. <laughs> yeah. yeah, curate your own feed. Follow people that, you know, give something to you. Yeah. Okay, well, we've blabbed on for an hour and 10 minutes. So let's go. <laughs> <laughs>